I'm riding into London, blasting Oasis's debut album, Definitely Maybe, perhaps the most underrated album of the last 30 years. Oasis is a fascinating band. Two brothers, nose deep, powering the most influential pop rock in Britain since the Fab Four. And after two brilliant albums, their distaste in each other and taste for another caused the entire movie to implode. Noel's incredible lyrics, Liam's frontman aesthetic, Parka's bucket hats, a DGAF attitude, hands behind his back, making love to the mic. No one really comes close. It's pretty awesome. He's 50 today and hasn't changed a bit. There's something poetic as I travel through the channel about Supersonic, one of their first hits. I need to be myself. I can't be no one else. I'm feeling supersonic. Give me gin and tonic. You can have it all, but how much do you want it? This trip is for that kind of inspiration. Be myself. How much do I want it? Let's go. That uh, riff you just heard was uh, from HBO's Wimbledon coverage when HBO used to have Wimbledon before ESPN ate the world and has every sport. Um, HBO used to run the coverage and it was just awesome. What an amazing song. Uh, it makes me think of England every time. And um, I wish that ESPN would license it for Wimbledon from HBO directly. Um there's also a great one uh, for the end of covers that NBC used. Um, maybe I'll put that at the end of this podcast. I don't know. Um, anyways, I'm just going to go through my first day in London. Um, so the channel was as expected. Pretty cool. 50.45 kilometers of concrete reinforced steel, allowing international travel and extremely fast speed and uh, very low cost. Just imagine King Philip II's reaction in 1588. Arrived at my hotel uh, near the British Museum. Uh, I was completely discombobulated, fun word. I got settled in my teeny room uh, and went to a nearby pub for fish and chips, as one does. Had a Stella. And uh, rather than walking around a lot, uh, I just went straight to the British Museum. Uh, it's one of my favorite museums. I love the antiquities um, and immediately just walked into ancient Greece. Uh, it's a free museum, as many museums in London are, and uh, I think that that's something that we don't do a great job in the States with. Uh, art should be able to be accessed by anyone uh, and not just something where we try to trick people into donating. Um, it wasn't very crowded, but uh, maybe that's because it was Monday. Um, a little bummed the Rosetta Stone was on loan to another museum, but uh Seeing how it's been like 17 years since I last went to the British Museum, it was really fun to walk around and see it with uh, more mature eyes. Uh, 17 years ago, I went on a uh, classical studies uh, study abroad with at Oxford, and then we traveled to Greece, Turkey, and Italy. And um, what is pretty unreal is the breadth of the collections in the classics uh, that the British Museum has. Obviously, they get it from a period of uh, imperialism when the sun never sat uh, on the British Empire. But um, there's certain pieces like the Parthenon uh, frieze where it's kind of hard to believe that the British Museum has all of these and they've not been returned in full. 
to Athens. Um, are they unbelievable? Yes. Uh, the Parthenon freeze, it's just, I have used this word too many times, but it's remarkable and uh, astonishing uh, craftsmanship, especially in the amount of time that they were done. Uh, 160 meters around all four sides of the temple. Uh, the British Museum has half of it. Um, a lot of it also exploded in a uh, in the war between Athens and uh, actually I think it was the Ottoman Empire and uh, the Venetians in the 1600s. Um, it is just I mean it's hard to explain just how breathtaking this is compared to and I think the Met has a pretty good exhibit but uh, compared to the Louvre, it, it's just not it's it they don't compare um, in terms of their antiquities. Um, lots of Roman marbles, which are essentially copies of bronzes that the Greeks had. Uh, most of the bronzes, as we've discussed, uh, do not exist anymore because they are melted down. Uh, if they ever find full-size bronze, that's because uh, it was from a ship that sank, uh, transporting them normally to Rome. Um, notes I have on here, uh, the Alexander the Great rooms were unbelievable. Um the breadth of his domain, incredible. Uh, the ancient Egypt exhibit, um, you know, we're talking 2686 BC all the way to uh, Roman rule with the Ptolemies. And um, I know this is like one of those like great factoids, but uh, I mean, it, the length and longevity of the various dynasties under Egypt, uh, if you look at Cleopatra from today to Cleopatra. Um, it's roughly the same as from Cleopatra to the Great Pyramids. Um, so it was fun to see that. I mean, the King Ramses II um, statue, which was colossal, um, weighed over 20 tons, and they brought it from 200 kilometers away. Now imagine that. Uh, that's 20 tons, 200 kilometers. How do you do that? Uh, you have to build boats that can transport it without sinking, but also a lot of labor um, and not necessarily paid. Um, the ancient Egypt stuff is just, it's pretty fascinating. They were kind of uh, gearing up for a new exhibit that's launching in a couple weeks, so I didn't get to see everything, unfortunately, but I really enjoyed it. Um, the last part of the British Museum, and I stayed for four hours. It was just... I, it's hard to, um, unlike modern art, which I'll talk about later, um, or maybe to modern or tomorrow, uh, modern art kind of like gets my mind thinking about possibilities and like, wow, the, their creativity and just, it, it, it's a different thought process. When I look at an, ancient art or statues or just everyday tools from, um, ancient cultures, I think more of, I can't believe that we did this as a uh, species. It, it's pretty unbelievable. Um, I loved going through the Middle Ages uh, stuff, and it's uh, both awesome and terrifying how much religion shapes everything from storytelling to the artwork. Uh, you know, it's the financing, but also it determines everything. Um, if you want a really good book about the etymology of the English language in a very accessible way, I highly recommend Bill Bryson's The Mother Tongue. Um, it does get repetitive in parts, but um, a lot of fun facts, such as the English kings did not speak English until the 14th century. Uh, they spoke French because they were descendants of Normans, which were French. So 
I really enjoyed seeing that. Um, there was a sweet uh, Scandinavian chess seat, uh, chess set from 1150 um, AD uh, using walrus ivory that somehow ended up here through the, my guess is Vikings, but I, I don't know. I'm probably off by like a couple hundred years. Um, at one point towards the end, because the museum closes at five, I spent about 20 minutes looking for one piece of Japanese art only to just keep on discovering new rooms. And that's kind of the beauty of the British Museum. It's also the beauty of, in my opinion, any great museum, the Met, you can get lost and say like, did I even like, how did I find this room? And then you realize like, you know, you're in uh Incan matrimonial headdress uh, room that has been there for decades, but no one walks into it. So it's crazy. Um, I hope you got that reference. Uh, last dinner last night, um, I had no plans coming into London, uh, except for my tour. Uh, uh, I have a Beatles tour in about 20 minutes that I'm super excited about. But I uh, got a recommendation from my mother to go to Veerashwamy, which is the oldest uh, Indian restaurant in Britain. Uh, it was created by the great-grandson of an English general and the um, and Mughal princess uh, in 1926. I got the Mulga Tanti soup. It was an A-plus, butter chicken, a caramel uh, ice cream dessert. I might have been the youngest one in the restaurant, uh, but it was like to say it was ornate was a little bit of an uh, understatement. It was it was awesome. Uh, I love the fact that they had a dress code. It was uh, fun to go there. And um, yeah, I don't really like, get overwhelmed by the eating by myself. You do it so often in New York, but um, it was a little bit different. It was just uh, it was a fun, fun night. Uh, got home by nine, went to bed. Um, I'll, I'll talk about this morning. So this morning woke up um, and walked over to um, walked immediately over to the um, Tate Modern. It was fantastic. Um, I knew nothing about the Tate other than it was modern art. And upon going there, it was pretty, pretty phenomenal. Um, Tate's a huge space. It's even better also because it's free. Um, wasn't very crowded at 10 a.m. on a Tuesday. Um, five floors of exhibits. I didn't have tickets ahead, so I was unable to go to the exhibits that were paid for members. But there was one um, for, let me see, who was it? Um, well, it'll come to me. Um, there was one exhibit that um is sold out until april which is just unreal it was you know i love classical art for the history but i'm just so drawn to this 20th century and even 21st century art um so organized less by artists picasso's could be in one room and another or on a different floor more on more by theme uh such as painting with white or the disappearing figure art after catastrophe um Loved Saitonbley's Bacchus Room of three huge red um, paintings, paying homage to the uh, god Bacchus and linking these three works through the Iliad. Um, he said it was Bacchae raging, um, painted using a uh, brush soaked in paint uh, attached to a pole, uh, which stripped down onto the canvas, evoking wine or blood. Um, I also love Gerhard Richter's six abstract pieces, uh, crafted with layer upon layer of paint and then erasure. And it felt like the symphony of music. It was quite beautiful, different colors. Um, I love the color exhibit with uh, Elsewhere Kelly, Matisse, uh, seeing Mondrian, just a, a traditional Mondrian. We all know that pattern, but we 
rarely get to see it in real life. Just wonderful. Jackson Pollock, Picasso's nude of a woman in a red armchair, all wonderful. Um, I'd say the weirdest moment was uh, in the painting and mass media section, uh, looking at one painting by Christina Quarles, which I loved. It was using these beautiful green and blues and looked at the artist's information and realized she's my age, um, like, like now. Um, and alive, like 1985, I was like, oh my God, uh, that's mind blowing. You, you rarely get to go to a museum and see people that are like your age. Um, there was a wonderful exhibit of, uh, or piece, um, by Hui, Hui, I'm going to butcher this name, so I apologize. Hui Vi Yang's uh, sculptures, upside down buildings hung from the ceiling using 500 Venetian blinds. Um, only bummer was that the uh, Kusama's exhibit was sold out. So uh, beautiful work. Wish I could go. Uh, right after that, um, I stayed for about two and a half hours. Then I walked back to uh, my hotel, but on the way I stopped at Nando's. Um, Nando's, if you live in D.C., you know Nando's because it's got the chicken peri-peri, but um, it's famous here in London, and the fact that New York City doesn't have one is, like, unbelievable. Uh, it, it was just fantastic. It hit the spot and reminded me of D.C., but also just, um, yeah, to all the non Nando stands out there, Nando's rules. Um, that's been, like, the last couple of days. It's been really awesome. Uh you know, I always have that feeling when I get to the hotel where I feel kind of like paralyzed for a second. I'm like, what do I do? And then you just got to get out and uh, keep moving. And um, so right after I hang up, I'm going to uh, meet up with Richard, our, I think he is our Beatles VIP tour of London guide and uh, see where the Fab Four created their magic. So I'm really excited about that. And then I have dinner later and, um, yeah, I'm taking everything as it comes. So if uh, you have any notes or any thoughts, uh, hit me, give me a DM or a text, and uh, I will talk to you all soon. Cheers.